Hi, welcome to the It's All About Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bird. This podcast is for people interested in making sustainable, qualitative relationships their objective. I want world peace, and I build world peace one world at a time, beginning with the relationship with self and extending outward to marriage and family, friends, community, and world. So if that's an objective you want to take up, come along. What I want to share with you today is an idea that we must continue to choose mortality. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe that we lived with Heavenly Father before we came to Earth, that we came to Earth, and the goal is to return to Heavenly Father after death. I think back to that pre-mortal era, or rather I imagine myself back in that pre-mortal era, uh, because I can't remember it, there's been a veil placed over me and I just can't. But I am taught that we lived there in a state of happiness and um, with our Heavenly Father, and that this plan was announced whereby we could become like Heavenly Father, but attendant to the plan was great amount of suffering. We would, we could choose to come to Earth, <clears throat> inhabit a body, and gain experience and knowledge through the things that we suffer. And <clears throat> while it may not be exactly doctrine, it is my opinion that essentially the choice between the two-thirds who came and the third who didn't came down to who was willing to experience that suffering and who wasn't, and who resisted um, moving in that direction and who yielded to the flow, to, to God's will, and uh, went along with his plan, sort of like floating down a river, and who didn't, and who, who dammed up that flow through resistance. And <clears throat> so while we, you know, we, we might sometimes think of the third of the host of heaven as the damned souls and God has cast them out and God has inflicted this punishment on them, also they created it. Also they chose it. Also they wanted it. And these dynamics that I just mentioned about why the two thirds went one way and the one third went another way um, are still at play. It, this very moment, today, the issue at hand for me and for you is whether or not to yield to the will of God and be carried back home to Him toward the fulfillment of the full measure of our creative potential or whether to resist the enticings of the Holy Spirit. It's the same ever-present dynamic. And so we chose to come to mortality, where everyone listening to this podcast is part of the two-thirds who chose to come to earth. And we didn't resist the flow of God's will. He wanted us to grow and develop and inherit all that he has and live as he lives and be as he is, both in spirit and body. 
combine to form the soul. And um, with all intelligence, with all power, gaining all that he has to offer, being endowed fully, uh, clothed and robed in his glory like him, in similitude of him and her. That's what he offered from the beginning. And two-thirds said yes, and one-third said no. It's too hard. The cost is too high. And now we're here on earth still being presented with the same options. Yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, which will move us in the same direction that we set out on prior to coming to earth. Or it, has it gotten too hard? And now we're going to resist. We're going to resist the tools by which we learn. We're going to resist the mechanisms of learning. We're going to resist the suffering that the third of the host of heaven foresaw and said, eh, nah, no thanks. That's too much. There has to be a different way. There has to be a better way. It really just comes down to those two options. Going with the flow of light and love and yielding as a bride to the bridegroom, uh, a submissive, meek, humble, as a child to its parent, or do we resist? And with that resistance, create our own damnation. It's about choosing mortality over and over and over again. It's about choosing the path that God has laid out where through we develop his attributes. It's about choosing it, not, not desiring it. I don't think that's possible. Not looking forward to it, not savoring it. You know, Isaiah tells us that Christ, who modeled for us perfect yielding to the will of the Father and the shortest route back home to him and uh, to inherit all that he has and is. But he, uh, Isaiah described Christ as a man of sorrows. Mortality is a world of sorrows. It's like an ocean of tears. And... There are bright spots and moments, but for the most part, most people we encounter are going to be stuck in something, in the middle of something very difficult, very trying between relationship, unhealth, physical unhealth, mental unhealth. I mean, we're all in a state of consummate unhealth because of the fall. By definition, that's what the fall of Adam and Eve brought to pass, was brokenness, dysfunction. And Christ wants us to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. There's lessons for the spirit in the crumbling state of the body that we are to accept, just as we accepted the initial choice at the Grand Council in Heaven to accept the plan and come to earth. So likewise, each day and many times each day we here on earth, we have the opportunity to 
make that same choice again to learn what we are here to learn by accepting the course that is before us and yielding to the agency of others even as we yielded to the will of God being submissive, meek, childlike in our continual forgiveness of those with whom we stand in relationship and loving kindness toward them, even as Christ modeled loving kindness and continual forgiveness for the world with whom he as the Bridegroom, capital B, stood in relationship with in that divine marriage. And so it is the same choice over and over and over again. It wasn't enough that we chose mortality. We have to, we have to keep choosing mortality. What does that mean to choose mortality? What do I mean when I say that? When I say that we have to choose mortality, what I'm saying is that you have to yield to its pinprick. That the third of the hosts of heaven foresaw the, the sorrow and the suffering that would attend our experience and circumscribed it into one whole and said, that is not uh, an inoculation I want that I'm, af I'm afraid of needles and no thanks, and I do not want that pinprick. Here on earth, there are, because of the agency of our brothers and sisters, people are constantly choosing things that are like little pinpricks, microaggressions, macroaggressions, mediocre aggressions, as they pursue the meeting of their needs in ways that they see fit, as God has granted them, we so often interpret those choices as offenses to us because where two needs meet, there appears to be a line or a wall. And as they move forward in the pursuit of their needs, sometimes that feels like an attack on us. And that's not going away. Their agency is not going away until we yield to it and forgive it and love it, even as a child loves a dysfunctional parent or a divorced parent or an alcoholic parent or an abusive parent. That learning that love, learning that kind of love is the very reason we came to earth, is to learn to love as Christ showed us is possible. 
which is not of this world. It is definitely otherworldly. Well, in fact, it's of the world which we originally inhabited. It's of the pre-mortal world. And it is the antithesis of the way, the natural way with which we engage with each other here in mortality in a crumbling way. Much as our bodies crumble and become dust at death, so likewise our relationships crumble and the natural state of relationshiping is dissolution. And the counter to that is to remember and regain the, the way of things prior to our coming to this condition of things, namely mortality. To remember and regain and become like once again that pre-mortal innocence, that love which knew no separation and no war. Before the war in heaven, there was no war. Before the ground council, before the initiation of choice, this one choice that was then and is now and repeats itself and is really ever present in every moment. It is the condition of duality which allows for agency. It literally authors agency. In every moment there is choice and how could that be? How could that be if in every moment there wasn't duality? If you, you couldn't go left or right if there wasn't a fork in the road. And there is a fork in the road every moment of every day. And so we are torn. I emerge out of that duality. I, choice, ownership, accountability, power, consciousness, I, the great I am in me, like the great I am in the Old Testament. That emerges from the split, from the diverging paths ever present in every moment. That choice the same choice that began with the, at the Grand Council in Heaven. That choice is with us now. It remains. It hasn't gone away, and it is the same choice. And it's always an ever-present choice between yielding to the river God would take us down or to resist it and create our own damnation. So I exhort you to choose mortality as you once did, choose it again and again and again. And what do I mean? By choosing mortality, I mean let it be.
what it is. Let life come at you and through you and pass through you without making you like it. The moment we resist the pain inherent in the agency of those with whom we are inexorably connected, the moment we resist it, we reflect it and become it. The moment we mirror it, we look like it and behave like it and essentially for all intents and purposes are it though it is not truly us we our true identity is not a reflection of that which we would resist our true identity is what emerges after we yield to it we are to be brides of the bridegroom, brides of truth on the physical plane, so too on the spiritual plane, conceiving brides produce the next level and the next layer of progress and knowledge and power. All of the greatest inventors yielded to truth pre-existent. They sought the laws of physics, conformed to them. They received the truth of gravity and aerodynamics and fusion. They didn't attempt to dictate or write or bring into being those laws. Rather, they approached them humbly yielding even as a bride they took them into themselves and conceived and then with that created airplanes and power plants and all of the things that are invented are what have emerged from inventors after they first approached and sought truth humbly. I'm using Christ uh, synonymously with truth as if he were the true laws of physics and the principles by which the physical realm operates, as well as the laws by which the, the spiritual realm uh, operate too. He is the truth of both body and spirit of, 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 of the soul of the entire soul. He is the truth. And so I'm, I'm, I'm referencing, I'm cross-referencing, I'm simultaneously referencing, um, Christians yielding to him and his teachings of interpersonal relations and scientists and seekers of truth yielding to the truth which predates them and yielding to it as uh, in humility and also um, referencing the way a woman seeks out man and yields to him and to his form 
as he is the incarnate of truth. And how all three of these players, role players, who exist in their respective spheres, uh, who reside in their respective spheres at marker B, playing the feminine role relative to their counterparties who reside at marker A at the masculine role. Uh, though their approaches all parallel each other and the results of their approaches all parallel each other, um, the results are different in temporal form, but there is a likeness to them all. And the likeness is that out of that initial approach comes new life. It is birthed, it is born through that gestative process, which cannot occur when we resist. If the female resists the male's advances toward procreation, children will not repopulate the planet. If scientists resist uh, the laws of nature, then they will not be able to harness and yield them toward greater invention. If Christians resist and, and deny the commandments of God, most of which are have to do with interpersonal relations, such as thou shalt not murder, don't envy, don't commit adultery. Um, they almost all have to do with how we interrelate with one another. If, if the Christian is not as a bride toward her bridegroom Christ, who is all truth, and resists that gospel, then the new life that emerges therefrom, which builds essentially families, sustainable families and societies, rich, grand society, meaningful, lasting relationships, which tend toward all kinds of health, both of body and of spirit. The Christian who resists that has no part in it, does not partake in it, is and is certainly not um, participant to the unfolding of Zion. Is not part of the gathering of Israel. And so as we choose mortality over and over and over again, In our daily life, we will be gathering Israel in our marriage, in our parenting. We'll be gathering Israel in our family funnels, both downward and upward um, through our posterity and our ancestry. And that is not all. As we continue to choose mortality, we will create 
rich communities, lasting, sustainable communities which abide in a perpetual healing. Yes, there are rough spots. Yes, there is conflict. Yes, there are grievances, but they heal. They heal like mortality itself. It's the, the, the thing where, where the third went wrong was that mortality was never meant to be the final resting place. Yes, it was scary. Yes, it is scary. Yes, it has sucked. I'm only halfway through and it has been rough. But that's not the end. And if you're in a rough spot and you're hating being here, it's not the end. Hang on, endure. Choose it again as you once chose it. Have faith that there is, you know how an orange tree grows out of soil and mostly shit? Likewise, that which we were promised at the Grand Council grows out of the shit we're going through. Choose it. Let it have its effect. I'm not saying run toward it. I'm not saying like it. Christ would have preferred that the bitter cup pass from before him in the garden and it is totally okay that we want all the hard things in life to not be there. They'll come to you. Just as the Father brought the plan to us and brought to Christ that experience in the garden, so likewise he will bring to us all that we need to learn and become and seize our endowment, that which was promised from the beginning and which is still promised us. It will be brought to us and all we have to do is choose to engage with it meekly as Christ engaged with his mortal experience to forgive it continually to not become like it through resisting it and becoming its mirrored image, but to metabolize it, to suffer without inflicting suffering, to bear injury without resentment, to be in the world, but not of the world, to suffer by the hand and through the agency of others without using our agency to inflict in kind, without turning and rending, without reviling and becoming as the dogs and the swine gnashing their teeth at us. That is what I mean when I say choose mortality. Choose mortality today as we once chose mortality before the dawn of days. 
choose mortality in time every time as we once chose mortality before time began. As agency was initiated then by the divergence of options, two options really, to yield to God's will or to resist it. Divergent paths are before you today and will be before you continually today. And some may be major, some options, some diverging paths may be major and most will be minor. Choose mortality, choose to follow Christ who followed God's will. Choose to be taken down the river of love by bearing all, being patient with all, and not being like those who inflict the injuries upon us. Loving them, even as children love all, without judgment. Choose to become more like that, a little more like that today. Choose to become a little bit more like Christ by exercising Christ-like choices, Christ-like perspectives, Christ-like forgiveness in all of the microaggressions which come at you today. That's what I mean when I say keep choosing mortality. Don't hate the hate that has brought you so much pain in your life. Find what your divine maker would have you find in it. Let it work in you without becoming like it. See what good can come from it. And good will come from it. And that good will be you, the new you, a reborn you, a resurrected you, even as Christ resurrected from the hate that came at him. That is the reward of choosing mortality. It is real. The true you is what comes through the other side of that pinprick of the inoculation of that pain that the third resisted. That is the true you. And the true you can't emerge unless you choose it. Just as the third of the hosts of heaven couldn't realize their full potential as both body and soul combined in one, never to be separated. So likewise, you cannot step into the true and full you unless you choose mortality again and again, that's the task before me. That's the task before you. All of us have a savior to follow who exemplified that choice without wavering in perpetuity. We are so lucky that God came to earth to show us the way. Till next time.